Money Over Blitzes. Hey, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Money Over Blitzes podcast. My name is Kyle, and we got a good one for you today, folks. But first, if you're new, feel free to give us a follow at Money Over Blitzes on Twitter, as well as YouTube. If you go back, you can actually find our first episode over on, on the YouTube page where we talked a little bit about the channel and how things are going to go over here, and as well as the free agency that has happened up to this point, all the moves that have gone on. So if you enjoy the content, feel free to give us a like, uh, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, and uh, yeah, let's get going on this episode. We're going to be talking about um, you know some of the moves that have happened so far as far as you know trading and news this, this past week, and also some of the top rookie quarterbacks so let's go over some news items that came through this past week tampa bay brought back leonard fournette looks like they're really trying to keep that core together that you know ran it back this past year and and won the super bowl so they're trying to really keep that core together with tom brady go for another run Uh, for him leonard fournette and that whole backfield i'm not a big fan of of what they're trying to do there it makes sense from a a real football perspective you know you want to keep as many running backs in there that are viable as possible keep them fresh especially if you're trying to make a deep run in the playoffs individually for fantasy wise what it means for Rojo and Leonard Fournette and maybe Keyshawn Vaughn they're going to be splitting up a lot of the work so I temper my expectations for any running back in that backfield Ronald Jones did prove himself on a week-to-week basis when when he was in there Rojo finished as the running back 20 in PPR formats. Leonard Fournette, he didn't do quite so well. He finished as the RB35. So, of course, both of them had their on weeks and their their off weeks. It was tough to kind of predict where each one was going to kind of pop off. Fournette, of course, finished a little bit better at the end of the season. He had some better games. But it's going to be tough going forward to try and figure out who and when is going to be each each player's time. So uh, that was it for Tampa Bay. Vegas signed Willie Sneed, uh, coming over from the Ravens. The Ravens then did come back and sign Sammy Watkins. So it's going to be tough on that offense to, to try and get any kind of passing volume and get any kind of fantasy-relevant receiver out of that group. Willie Sneed going over to Vegas, that doesn't really move the needle for me, for me much at all, but it is a move that they needed to make, especially with losing Nelson Aguilar and that offense kind of going through a whole reshuffling of sorts. And uh, Seattle also did re-sign Carlos Dunlap. So he was a a big acquisition for them last year coming over from Cincy. Helped that defense out a lot. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it it turns out this year. Hopefully that that defense continues to improve because they definitely need it. And it it definitely showed from the first half of last year coming over to the second half of last year, his impact was a big one. it, It helped that defense out a lot. So let's move on to some bigger news items that happened this week. We had a couple trades go down, both in the same day, both involving one team in particular. It was pretty interesting what happened. So Miami ended up moving their number three overall pick to the 49ers. And this was all going on during Zach Wilson's pro day. Maybe that played a part into it, but we'll we'll break it down uh, step by step. So Miami ended up moving back to number 12, and in the process they required they acquired the third round pick and two future first round picks from the 49ers. Now, what does this mean for Jimmy G? 49ers are on the record saying that, you know, he is their guy for this year, but nothing's saying, you know, going forward that that could change. Obviously, San Francisco felt the need to make this kind of move to, you know, probably odds are move up to get a quarterback for the future. Do they believe in Jimmy G? Do they not? 
it seems like he might be their guy for this year. Maybe he stays on for this year and grooms the next guy. Does it? Is it a Zach Wilson? Is it a Trey Lance? Also, is it Justin Fields? It could be any one of those guys. So time will only tell what happens, what San Francisco does with that pick. It would be very interesting to see on draft day or interesting to see if any other movement happens with the 49ers. I tend to believe that they're going to stick with that pick and just kind of take their guy, whoever's left on the board, uh, for quarterbacks. So we'll see how that ends up playing out. Miami wasn't done, however. They ended up going into a trade with Philadelphia. They moved uh, Philly moved the sixth pick over to Miami, and that the 12th pick that Miami ended up getting from the San Francisco trade now went over to Philadelphia. Now, in the process of that, Philly also acquired a 2022 first-round pick, and they swapped fourth-round picks. So to keep this kind of straight in your head, Philly moved back from 6 to 12, and Miami moved from 12 back up to 6. They went from 3 to 12, back up to 6. So they're do- they were doing all kinds of gymnastics over in the draft board, but... In the end, if you really think about it, it's kind of funny. Their Laramie Tunsil trade that they made with Houston turned into a bunch of first-round picks, and I think between this year, the year uh, 2022 and 2023, they came up with around some, somewhere around six first-round picks at one point. It was nuts, but needless to say, they did some maneuvering. Philly ended up moving back to 12. Philly reportedly had interest in the number three pick, but only if it guaranteed Zach Wilson. Now, that was kind of interesting to hear from them, uh, Curious to see what this means for Jalen Hurts. I expect Jalen Hurts to be a QB1 for fantasy this year in, in 2021, but beyond that, seems like it's kind of in question. I'd really am interested to see what he does this year to see if he kind of proves himself and what kind of player he can be, but it doesn't seem like Philly is totally, completely invested in him long term. Maybe that kind of makes sense from a football standpoint, just to, you know, he only played four games last year. He did do well, but you still kind of need to see more on tape for him to see what kind of player you have. So it'll be interesting to see how he does and you know see what Philly ends up doing with their pick now at 12. Is it a Jamar Chase? Is it Devontae Smith? Is it Kyle Pitts? And you know what does Miami do back up at 6? Do they take a receiver or do they go O-line? Because it seems to me, for anybody that was on the fence about Tua, and I also put this on Twitter, Again, at Money Over Blitzes, if you're curious, you know, you want to follow me on a day-to-day basis to see what I'm talking about as these things happen real time. Um, Tua, it seems to me like he's pretty safe. You know, they had the third overall pick. I don't see why they would move to 12 and then back down to 6. I don't see, you know, a top quarterback being available at 6 that they would take. They could, Odds are they were looking to take either a Panay Sewell or a top receiving threat. That offense desperately needs some weapons so you can build around Tua, help either help protect him or give him some weapons to throw to. That way that offense can really flourish and Tua can really flourish into the quarterback that he's really meant to be. You drafted Tua really high last year. I see no reason to move on from him. Just build around him like some of these other teams have done, uh, like you know Buffalo has done. Seems like the Giants are doing this year as well. Build around your star guy that you invested a lot into and see what you got with that guy. So, with that being said, you know, these trades happened earlier in the week. It kind of got me thinking with all this rookie quarterback talk going on, all the speculation with these picks. Zach Wilson had his pro day. Kind of got me thinking, maybe it was time. Let's talk about quarterbacks. We're going to talk about the top three, uh, in my view, for this episode. And then we'll follow it up 
in the next episode with uh, some more guys. So first off, we're going to go number one. Everyone knows it. Everyone's accepted it, I think, at this point. Trevor Lawrence, out of Clemson. Lawrence is six foot six and 220 pounds. In 10 games this past year, he passed for 3,153 yards, 24 touchdowns, five, only five interceptions. He's the consensus number one overall pick, according to most mock draft experts and pretty much everybody in the, the football community. He's expected to go to Jacksonville. He's also the projected 101 for most rookie super flex drafts and I've actually seen him go in the first round of some startups as well so a lot of hype surrounding this kid a lot of it is deserved of course he has all the tools that you need best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck some people say since Peyton Manning so he has all the hype you could possibly want coming in he also has some rushing upside of course he did run some breed options at Clemson did run the ball when he needed to and the play broke down and he'll have weapons uh, in an Urban Meyer offense with Jacksonville so he's he's pretty much everything you could ask for I'm not going to go too deep into him everyone knows him by this point so it's kind of like beating a dead horse at that point so Trevor Lawrence is my QB1 in this class moving down to QB2 I have Zach Wilson he had his pro day just the other day comes in at six foot three, two 210 pounds his 2020 stats in 12 games, he actually had 3,699 yards, 33 touchdowns, and only three picks. This kid, when you look at him on film, his it just jumps off the film. He has an electric arm, can make any throw off platform. He made a ton of crazy throws over at BYU. Um, you know, great with the ball in his hands, where you know he's making these all kinds of crazy throws. Reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes. But I don't want to go that far deep into it. Obviously, Mahomes is kind of already goaded in his own sense. Zach Wilson, he's still coming on to the league. No one was really talking to him up till this point, up till this past year. But you watch the film, and a lot of it is well-deserved. And like I said, he had his pro day the other day. I watched it all. He made some really good throws. And, you know, he made one throw that, you know, he was rolling opposite way made a throw at least I think it was 50 60 yards to the opposite hash off platform on one foot made it look super easy of course it's in a workout but it was impressive to still see that kind of athleticism and that kind of arm talent you watch his games last year he's making all kinds of throws from different arm angles different uh, places in the pocket out of the pocket so all the arm talent you could want I've also seen comparisons to Aaron Rodgers. I think that's pretty good as well uh, with his quick release. So he should be very interesting. A lot of people project him to go to the Jets at number two. That'd be kind of interesting to see in a new offense how that works out. But I think personally he would fit really well in a spread system. That would carry over pretty well from BYU. He ran a lot of spread. It wasn't really a true pro-style offense there, but... It'll, he, I think he'll, he has the talent that will translate over to the league, and I think he'll do really well for himself. A good amount of people would say that he didn't play against the, the best competition, right? You know, being in a, a different conference, a, a, out of a Power 5 conference, but I would counter that with saying he didn't play with the best guys either. Even in his pro day, he had made some good throws that, you know, his receivers just weren't catching. So that also happened a good amount of during the regular season he would make certain plays that you, your eyes would just be like wow you know what a crazy throw but 
the talent around him would just let him down. So that argument's kind of weak to me. Obviously, the level of competition from over at BAYU versus the NFL is completely different. But I think he has enough raw talent to make something of himself in the league. And the third quarterback I want to talk about today is Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Uh, came in at six foot three, two twenty eight. He only played eight games last year. Of course, the the Big Ten, their schedule kind of got all kinds of jacked up because of COVID. But in those eight games, he passed for twenty one hundred yards, twenty two touchdowns, and six interceptions. Uh, you know, they did make the the college football final, played against Alabama, and uh, of course they lost that game. But he did have a good showing for himself. He also had a really good showing uh, against. Clemson and T-Law, he avenged the last year's game in which they lost to Clemson, but uh, he was highly recruited out of high school. He was actually on the Netflix show QB1, so that's kind of where people first started getting eyes on him, and the you know spotlight has been on him ever since. So he made quite the career for himself over at Ohio State. Uh, he made the, the best of a season that was destroyed by COVID, like I said earlier. But one of the big knocks that I've seen about Justin Fields that people love to, to point to is how people feel that he has a reputation or they, they see it on film at, that he's a one-read quarterback. That, you know, he can only, he'll make his first read and then if it isn't there, he'll take off. And I have to dispute that as well because some of that is within the offense in terms of, you know, if the first read's there, you throw it and you're good. You know, there's nothing wrong with taking the first open guy. If it's there, you take it. But as the season went on, that definitely went away on its own. You saw him start to make deeper, harder throws, especially in the playoffs. You know, you you go back to the Clemson tape and watch that game, and he dropped some dimes to Chris Olave and to others. And even in the Alabama game, at you know the beginning of that game, he was hanging toe to toe with Alabama, the best defense in the in college. Some people would say that Alabama has a better defense than some teams in the league, and Justin Fields was hanging with them. So I have to to fight back on that that take that Fields is a one read type quarterback, and you know just point to the tape. Really, he has. A lot of the, the rushing upside that you would want in a fantasy quarterback, he can make a lot of throws that you ask him to make. He'll go past his one read. He has a progression that he's capable of making. So, like I said, I I dispute that argument, and I think he's going to be a very good quarterback for years to come, and he'll be a very good fit, I think, wherever he ends up going, and he'll be a top pick wherever he you know, ends up being, that's, time will tell as far as that goes, but I could see him landing out of Carolina, San Francisco I've seen, I'm sure a lot of San Francisco fans would love to see him in a 49ers uniform, in a Kyle Shanahan offense, that would be a, a great sight to see, um, Carolina has also been speculated to look for another quarterback, you know, past Teddy G, or Teddy B, Teddy Bridgewater, excuse me on that one, but um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be curious to see where Fields ends up going. So that's just the top three quarterbacks I have in this class. 
Um, we'll save that for now. And I think in the next episode, we'll probably go over the next three I have in the class. Those are the top uh, five or six that are really worth talking about in this class. So yeah, that that's pretty much all I have, guys. Again, if you like the content, please give us a like on the YouTube page. Feel free to subscribe. Uh, we'll be pushing out more content to you guys. Also, give us a follow on Twitter. That's at Money Over Blitzes. And you can get some of these takes firsthand as the news happens and some other stuff that I have going on. I've been putting up some trade polls from some of the Dynasty Leagues that I'm in. Curious to see what the community thinks on some of the moves that are happening, not only for myself, but for other people in the leagues that I'm in as well. So a lot of movement's been going on with those pages, a lot of support. Thank you for all the support that we've gotten up to this point. It's really appreciated, and I appreciate all feedback, good or bad. It's all part of building something here. So uh, again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.